and welcome back to the five spot we're so happy for you to join us we have a lot to talk about a lot of highs a lot of lows bad quarterback play bad play calling more importantly bad football but as far as the nfl is concerned everyone has had their eyes on josh allen and the buffalo bills after they made a decision to fire ken dorsey now brady steps in as the offensive coordinator which was a passing consultant uh a guy that has been across the collegiate level, then Carolina, now in Buffalo, called to play calling duties to build that relationship with Josh Allen and to obviously make their receiver happy. And they had an explosion on the New York Jets. The New York Jets is known for their great defense, but their offensive court to me just can't seem to call plays unless Aaron Rodgers is behind center. I think this goes back to the Denver Broncos hiring when they brought him in there and the way that went to now come to New York with the Jets trying hard to get Aaron Rodgers. Now all of a sudden you're back to Zach Wilson. And I, I this offense looks pedestrian. It looks like something that uh, middle school, possibly uh, lower end class high school uh, offensive play calling would be. But it's to me, it just looks awful. But Armando, when you look at that game, I know that everyone wants to look at the Buffalo Bills and see if they would actually kind of start to rise. But was it the Jets and their inability to get the ball to receivers? Or was this more the focus still being on the decision made by uh, the Buffalo Bills and and making Brady their, their play caller? Yeah, very disappointed in you, sir. Very disappointed. <laughs> um, in you personally, uh, here we are Thanksgiving week. Uh, the easy layup opportunity to mention turkeys and stuffing and gravy. We can't go to the food yet. Not, not yet. Uh, Zach Wilson is now benched. And as we sit here, uh, a decision on whether he will play on Friday against the Miami Dolphins is yet to be announced. Uh, okay. My guess is that it'll be Trevor Simeon if he knows the offense because at least he is probably functional and is one play yesterday, Donovan said it all to me. So Zach Wilson under pressure, scrambles out of the pocket. Clearly nobody opened downfield, which happens a lot for the Jets. And even when some guys get open, like Garrett Wilson has has regressed somehow. I don't understand that. A lot of drops this year. Um, he's scrambling to the sideline. And of all that entire sideline, he picks the one spot where his head coach is standing. And he trucks his head coach. <laughs> and I'm thinking, dude, all you have to do is fall. Out of bounds, and you get another play, and you lose no yards. It's an incomplete pass. But, no, he goes and he trucks his head coach. And, by the way, it's only a coincidence, maybe, but he didn't maybe. play the next series. That was it. That was it. And that told me everything I needed to see about his field awareness and his, like, I don't know, man. I'm sure he's intelligent. But he's not football smart in my estimation. Well, when I, when I look at, you know, because everyone wants, let's go to the stats. Uh, I look at the stats in 7 of 15 for, for Zach for 81 yards. And I don't think a receiver caught the ball 
uh, until I, I don't know when. I, At all. I mean, I, I mean, but it's it's a tight end caught the ball, but it's to me. And the Buffalo Bills defense, they play a lot of zone defense. Uh, they bring pressure. They'll, they'll get into some man. Not really known for their man coverage, especially after the injuries that they've suffered in their safety position, in their corners. Now, we could talk Aaron Rodgers if he comes back. You know, he, he'll he get out there and throw and take three, five step, step drops and everyone gets excited. But do you really want to... Rodgers to come back situation. Like, do you want him to come back where there are a lot of questions? One, his offensive coordinator to me is on the hot seat. Robert Sala is probably on the hot seat as well, but I believe he is he is clearly uh, with a one-piece jumpsuit on dipped in gasoline, smoking a cigar uh, in a in kiddie pool. Like, I just think he's on fire right now where they're going to have to make a decision in New York if he's going to be the coordinator going forward uh, in order for Robert Sala to maintain his job, I believe. But I just think overall, and Zach Wilson, listen, he's not as bad as it looks. He's not playing well, and nor is he at at a second-tier type of level, but he's serviceable. But Trevor Simeon, to me, why didn't Trevor Simeon really get the call as the next one up? Why now Trevor Simeon might become the starter? How did he all of a sudden jump over Boyle to become the next guy up? And do you really want to be the next guy up the way things are going in New York? Yeah, no, uh, that's just me saying Trevor Simeon because he started. Uh, but everyone games. kept bringing Trevor Simeon's name up. I think it's because he started games in the NFL and hasn't right. like soiled himself as much as what Zach Wilson did yesterday. Right. Um, you You bring up an interesting point. Look, if if I were the New York Jets and I see the the work, the body of work this year of the offense, of course, Nathaniel Hackett would be gone. Right. The problem is you can't make that decision in a vacuum because uh, Nathaniel Hackett is the golden child of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And, and they're doing everything for Aaron Rodgers, even though it's ridiculous. Alan Lazard, who I like as a player, was signed because of Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't panned out. Patrick Cobbs, who, who I like, uh, if it was eight years ago, uh, <laughs> hasn't panned out. Uh, and Nathaniel Hackett, who is Aaron Rodgers' hand-picked, basically, offensive coordinator, who last week he said, I've won two MVP awards with that guy calling plays. So obviously he is not going to back down on Nathaniel Hackett. So right. do you fire a guy that should be fired and upset your next year quarterback? Or do you grin and bear it? And basically you've got your hands tied behind or in front of your back. I don't, I don't remember how cops do it <laughs> nowadays because right. it's behind been a while back. for me. Yeah. You got your hands tied. <laughs> You get your hands no, uh, yeah, it's been a while for me since a cop tied up my hands, you know, so uh, just saying. Um, <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> 1990. Uh, never mind. Nah, don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so there's that. Man, this is an offense that hadn't scored a touchdown in 43 possessions. Right. That's a long time, a long time. to go between <laughs> touchdowns. That's over 
you know, 13 quarters, um, terrible. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, they, they seem to have solved their issues on offense. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon, nor, nor will I even glorify the situation. Because to me, when I watch this football team, and we can talk about them moving them under center. We can talk about more of the running game, which I think that was what they were missing anyway. Uh, I, we can talk about all of a sudden now. <laughs> it's funny because when they, they break down a little bit of the game, it's like, well, he's starting to take the check down and allow his guys to make plays for him. And it's like the check down's been open all this time. He was just taking shots. And so he still took shots in this game. And so I, I think for quarterbacks in the NFL, playing the position, I know, hey, listen, you are who you are. If you're a guy that, that's a gunslinger, that's going to take chances because you have trusted your arm or trusted the receivers, they're going to make plays. You're going to continue to be that guy, no matter who's calling the play. And they can talk about Brady and the energy that they had, and the, he wanted to build that relationship with Josh Allen. And, and this Buffalo Bills offense has never flowed like they did against the Jets, nor will I think it be, will be consistent going forward. Listen, they have the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys coming up. So you're playing against some pretty good defenses there. Now, will they be able to execute plays? Yes. Yeah. Josh Allen was on fire right. in those playoffs. He threw nine touchdown passes without an interception right. in two games or something like that. So that's what they're hanging their hat on, that it could replay and do that. And my, my uh, experience of when players and coaches and teams say that is that rarely do they replay that. No, right. Uh, it happened before. Right. That doesn't mean you've done it before. You're going to do it again. Exactly. Uh, it's a different team. It's a different year. It's it's two years removed. Right. So if that's what you're hanging your hat on, and that is exactly what you know Sean McDermott and Josh Allen have been talking about of late, then they think that it could replicate. I don't know about that. Well, let, let's talk about just kind of replicating because in Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been winning over the last few years, and, and I should say, I mean, over the last decade uh, with with Mike Tomlin. He's been very successful with uh, having a winning season. Uh, this year, uh, again, if you look at the record, yes, they're having a winning season, but from an offensive standpoint, they might be the worst team in the NFL. But we have some, some uh, words of wisdom here from their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, uh, and the things that he felt uh, were going on uh, with this football team. The plan not to take very many deep shots. No, the plan was they play a lot of man to man. They didn't play a lot of man to man today, so they threw you know a lot of zone looks at us, different zone looks. Um, we were expecting them to come in and play man. Um, you know, we got to adjust better. But the thing that I look at when it comes to Kenny Pickett and his comments, um, yes, well, do we blame it on the coordinator, Matt Canada? Yes. Do we blame it on Kenny Pickett and his inability to? create explosive plays, uh, be accurate with the football, continue to move the chains in the passing game? Yes. Uh, are they trying to revert back to old Pittsburgh Steelers offense by running the football? They have to. Uh, and just allow their defense to win games for them. So when I, I look at their skill position players, they're not getting the ball to their number one receiver. He's, he's disgruntled. 
just like every other Pittsburgh series receiver, uh, number one receiver, he gets upset. They're not getting him the ball. Najee Harris is upset. He's made comments about it. Uh, Kitty Pickett is blaming, pointing the finger, as we heard. Uh, but I just look at this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Do they make the decision now to fire Matt Canada as their coordinator? I think it's time. In season? You're thinking in season right now? In season? It's, it's not the Steeler way, nor do we see Mike Tomlin going in this direction. But I think something has to, a change has to be made. Yeah, I, I think a change has to be made too. And it, it, it involves the guys on the field. Um, look, uh, Matt Canada is, has not reinvented football. All right. Right. Let's, let's, let, can, I guess we agree on that. But neither has he turned it back to the dark ages or anything like that. Uh, those comments by Kenny Pickett are kind of immature, in my opinion. Very. Very when, right Very. when you talk, Kenny Pickett sucked in this game. Okay, all season, all season. Uh, yeah, his pocket awareness was this on a couple of of blitzes, uh, and he took a sack that should have been a safety that wasn't called a safety, but right. zero pocket awareness. Got guys running at him, and all he knows how to do is to duck under and protect himself rather than getting rid of the ball and maybe taking a hit, but you're getting rid of the ball. Um, and so for him to say, well, you know, I was expecting man-to-man -man coverage and I didn't get it. Okay, dude, well, guess what? You got zone. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this the first time ever in right. your entire football career you've seen a zone coverage? Uh, what's up with that? Uh, and and to point a finger basically at someone else instead in a game that you were bad, instead of saying, you know what, I should have done better, I should have done this or that. Uh, he lost me. He lost me. I like Kenny Pickett uh, up until that moment, and now I'm not. I'm not too fond of how he reacted. Well, first and foremost, as a quarterback, you have to be able to recognize man-to-man -man coverage and zone coverage. That's not something that uh, we game planned all week for man coverage, and we weren't prepared for zone. Well, when you get in zone coverage, usually your tight ends and running backs are open. Uh, if they're going in zone coverage and it's cover two, which the middle of the field becomes open, you can utilize your slot receiver and your tight ends to take your shots and then utilize your check down. So if they're in zone, majority of times they're really not blitzing. And so with this Cleveland Browns defense, they're able to apply pressure with, with their front four or maybe just bringing six. And so now that becomes pressure on your offensive line to block. And while you're getting some time at the quarterback position and you're reading over if it's man or zone, if you have hot or it's, if it's not, then get the ball to the open guys. A lot of the throws that he was, make, he was trying to make in those games were kind of tight window throws, but he was just inaccurate. Just hey, just say I didn't play well. Don't go and point the finger at the guy who's calling the plays because now you got to go sit in that meeting room with the guy who's calling the plays after you just called him out. And so is it immature? Absolutely it's immature. Kenny Pickett, you haven't done anything in this league to sit there and go through the media and point the finger at somebody because it comes right back on you extremely fast. And so I just think for, for this football team, I, I – 
I, they look at their quarterback to to hopefully make some some decisions and plays for him. It hasn't happened. Najee Harris and Warren, 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 good good running backs, very good running backs. But it's almost like they're going with the ground and pound mentality because they're trying to take the ball out of Kenny Pickett's hands, and that's the thing that people really need to focus in on. Because Kenny Pickett, to me, when I looked at this particular game, he he wasn't given that opportunity to just throw the football around. He, only, he threw the ball 28 times. A lot of it because they needed to toward the end. And they ran the football with uh, Jalen Warren, who had 122 yards rushing. So I, I just think for this football team, I say the, make the decision with Canada, not now, but probably in the next week or two. But they're probably looking to make that decision again with Kenny Pickett as well. And as long as we're talking about, you know, stepping up and taking the blame for something, I do believe somebody on this podcast last week said that the Cleveland Browns season is over. No, uh, um, yes. Let's hear it. Yes. Uh, Listen and, up, and, listeners. And really, uh, that was not your best moment there, Donovan, when you said what? that the Cleveland Browns season is Me? over. Me? No. Come on, hold yourself accountable. Let's hear it. Let's yeah. hear it. Okay, I, that was me. That was me. And, you know, it was clearly because um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, you know. DTR, baby, DTR. DTR. Uh, sounds like a, a, a package express company, DTR. Uh you know, he came out and he looked better than he did in week four when he was pressed into service. Uh, but uh, and and so they managed to win the game. And, right. and it looks like my prediction of their season is over is bad, uh, especially when you consider that they're going to sign Joe Flacco uh, later today and he will that, be on the practice squad and then that's eventually. Not that's not rise. Helping. Exactly. <laughs> So let me think about restating my position that the Cleveland Browns season is over. Um, and I'm going to do it this way. The Cleveland Browns season is over. Okay. <laughs> DTR yesterday for all his great thing or whatever, his quarterback rating was 55. He's a rookie. <laughs> He's a rookie in his second, in his second game. That doesn't matter. Sorry. <laughs> That doesn't don't, matter. Don't, don't try to throw the blanket over your bad statement. Just just admit that you were wrong. A Cincinnati Bengals lost. Joe Burrow's out. They're done. The Baltimore Ravens won. The Pittsburgh Steelers lost. And they got a lot of issues. The Cleveland Browns will compete for that top spot right there in the AFC North. <sighs> Say it. Say it. Uh, well... All I, there's two words that I would have to say to that. Baltimore Ravens. They're, they're competing uh, okay. with Baltimore. Huh? They're competing with Baltimore. The Baltimore probably will end up winning the North. But then they're still going to elevate and get a playoff spot. Cleveland Browns will be in the playoffs. No! <laughs> no! I'm off that ledge, brother. Don't don't jump off. No, don't do that. No, that's bad. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a fan of lakes. I really am. And when they're great, I really like them a lot. But 
And, and Cleveland's got a great lake. God bless them for that. When it gets real and they're playing a team that actually has an offense uh, that, you know, that'll fall into a touchdown in the game or two, uh, that'll be the end of that little, uh, you know, campaign. Oh, yeah. Just we'll, we'll go back to this as the season <laughs> goes on and bring up Armando's statement about Cleveland. DTR is going to catch fire. They're going to run the football for about 150 to 200 yards a game. He'll throw for about maybe I'll give him 205, maybe 220 a game, and their defense will still continue to be lights out. So we'll be looking at that. One coach that will have his job going forward will be Kevin Stefanski, but going forward with the rest of these other coaches who are on the hot seat, Frank Wright, Brandon Staley, Armando's first choice for coach of the year at the beginning of the season, uh, is definitely on the hot seat. <laughs> Bill Belichick uh, is another one that we'd like to mention that's on the hot seat. Uh, and there are others to follow. But Armando, when you look at where these coaches are right now, and it's and we've talked about how right now football is kind of, it's it looks like it's parody. No one's really separating themselves. But there are a lot of bad teams right now. What coach would you say is probably the seat is hotter than anyone else? Well, I mean, sometimes we, you know, we get involved in the NFL season and NFL season. And <laughs> we <laughs> you thinking about that gravy, the smoked ham, <laughs> Yes. Yes, I definitely am. Um, can't come fast enough, man. Uh, so and, and we lose sight of what is obvious. And right. it, what is obvious is look at the standings. The worst team in the NFL is the Carolina Panthers. They're one and nine. That's a 100 winning percentage. 100 winning percentage is 400 away from 500. That's a long way to being mediocre. Your, your uh, math has I, been outstanding. Your math has been outstanding. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and and I'm telling you that the seat is very hot. People think, well, you know, Frank Reich, it's his first year. He's got a rookie quarterback. They're They're adjusting and working into it. Frank Reich's problem is that the owner, David Tepper, in, in Carolina is kind of a new owner kind of guy. Yes, yes. And he's not exactly like best buds with Frank Reich. And so that combination of new owner hasn't really settled into what patience has to be and isn't, you know, super fond of the head coach. Fond right. of him, but not super fond of him. Right. And and then that same guy looks across and sees the Houston Texans. <laughs> and CJ Stroud is competing for rookie of the year. Right. And our guy looks bad. And the Texans are competing for a, a playoff spot, if not the division title. Right. And our team is one and nine. That is a bad look for Frank Reich and the entire Carolina Panthers organization. And I say to you that there is a coach change coming in season. They didn't really have the talent to say, 
you know what? We're just a couple pieces away. It, so they had to clean house. And yes, new new management, new owner, um, bringing in new coaching staff. Their quarterback coach, I think, is McCown. Uh, and then Frank Wright relinquishes play calling duties, I think, four weeks ago. Uh, so that decision, I think, was more for everyone on the outside to say, hey, you know what? He's 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 given opportunities to other people. Bryce Young is a rookie and he's struggling a little bit. Um, but he's only throwing to Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is his number one receiver. And it's not like he has a lot of young explosive talent uh, to be able to elevate his game as he continues to go along. So it's going to take time. I don't look at it that way. I look at it in the sense that uh, there are a lot of teams that are continuously struggling. I think the Bears and their coach uh, is more on a hotter seat than Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright will still have that opportunity to continue on. The whole NFC South, to be honest with you, to me, is nothing exciting about. Um, the number one team in the NFC South is the New Orleans Saints with five wins. Uh, and that's not saying a lot because the Falcons have four wins. Um, I, I look at the NFC North, and yes, the Detroit Lions are different. They're, they got eight wins. They're amongst themselves. The Vikings have six, but the Packers and the Bears. Um, and so the thing goes, it goes to the Arizona Cardinals only with two wins. I mean, Sean McVay only has four wins. So I just think for Frank Wright, I think his job is fine. Brandon Staley on the other end. Yeah, Brandon Staley, I think the band is is outside working on their their sound. So when they decide to cut bait, that door opens up and he walks out with the boxes and the band's ready to play. Because I think it's, he's weeks away from being removed from the head coaching spot out there with the Chargers. Yeah, and look, one of the signs of a coach is on a hot seat is when he gets into it with reporters in the uh, post-game press conference or any press conference. I know because I've been one of those reporters that have gotten into it with coaches in the past. And here's the thing. Yesterday, Brandon Staley got into it, got kind of, you know, salty, got kind of showed his frustration during a press conference with the reporter. And here, here's that sound. I'm not here to talk to, to the fan base. I'm here to talk to my players, the locker room, I know that we give ourselves a chance to win every single week with the game plans that we have, okay? And we have done it here. You guys act like we've never played good defense. That's not the truth. That's not the truth. You act like we haven't made any improvements. Today in the run game, we played outstanding. We're rushing the quarterback well. What we got to do a better job of is in the passing game. And that's where our full attention is, and it's where it will continue to be. There were a lot of other things that caused us to lose today. It certainly wasn't our defense. It was the way we played as a team. We didn't play well on, enough on the red zone on offense. We dropped too many passes. Okay? We gave up a few killer sacks. Okay? We did this as a team. Stop making it about one unit because that's not what happened out there today. Our team lost, and I am fully responsible for it, and I take full responsibility. But we lost as a team today, and that's the storyline. So what does this tell you? What does this tell you about Brandon Staley? He's a little short-fused. He's a little... Uh, he sees the writing on the wall. Is that what we're seeing here? Uh, he's, he's, got the one, he's got the one-piece outfit on, dipped in gasoline, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he's on fire. Uh, and and I, I think what we're seeing, from as far as the Chargers are concerned, you have, you've paid your quarterback over $250 million. 
He's your franchise guy. You have Keenan Allen, which you got to figure out what you're going to do with him. You have Austin Eckler, which you got to figure out what you're going to do with them. Two key players in this offense that are are highly productive. Now, Mike Williams is out with with an injury. He's out for the season. He'll be back. He's another one of their top receivers. They have a lot of young talent on the outside, which we've seen in a Green Bay game, start to elevate. Palmer is going to be a really good receiver for them. Uh, offensively, they're fine. But defensively, they're the worst. <clears throat> and so Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded guy, correct? So why is your defense giving up so many points uh, so far in this season? So I think that's where they're going to hang their hat on in the decision going forward with Brandon Staley. Yeah, Staley yesterday was defending his defense in a game where the defense wasn't a huge problem. Uh, but it's been a huge problem previously. Yes. And so that's now the narrative for the Los Angeles, don't call me San Diego Chargers. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where, um, you know, kind of like, the media is like a bulldog. It grabs a bone and it's it's hard to get rid of. It, it kind of like gnaws at the bone. And Brandon Staley and his defensive play calling is the bone. I'm right. sorry, coach. It is. They've lost five of their six losses are by three points or less. Three points that or less. Tells, that tells me that they're close. That tells me that they're okay but they need something to get them over the hump. Can you replace the entire offensive line? No. Can you replace the entire uh, – do you want to replace the quarterback? No. Can you replace the defense? No. What can you replace? Oh, yeah, Brandon Staley because he hasn't gotten the team to get over the hump when it looks like from the outside that their roster is more than capable – of making, uh, you know, making some headway in that division. It, it's just where, by the way, where Sean Payton was like in the wilderness six weeks ago, and now they're five and five. They're ahead of you. They're ahead of you, Brandon Staley. They gave up seventy points this season, and they're ahead of you. Well, and and that's that's the thing when you look across the league of and. By midseason, that's why when people ask me, well, what do you think? Who's going to be the Super Bowl uh, team to represent? And I never say, hey, well, I think it'll be this team. I say, let's wait until week six to week eight because a lot of these teams don't do much in the preseason and they got to kick the rust off. And it's going to take a time for them to hit somewhere around midseason to either elevate or they get exposed. And teams are starting to get exposed now. And the Chargers are definitely one of those teams. You bring up the Denver Broncos. I still need to see a little bit more from Denver. I love what their de defense has done now. That makeshift defense where it changed from giving up 70 points against the Dolphins. It just couldn't wait to talk bad about Russell. Are quiet as church mouses. They are so quiet because they can't say anything negative about Russell. And a lot of it was personal with Russell. And just could if icing on the cake was the fact that he wasn't playing well. Well, you know what? Russell started cooking the last couple of weeks. And they hate to use that term because Russell is they all Hall of Famer, 
Uh, he will when he gets in and when it will be, I don't know, but he's a Hall of Famer. And right now he's just continuing to embark his name on what he can do in this league and do it at an efficient level with Sean Payton calling play. Because right now that offense looks like, like, like Drew Brees at the end of his career. A lot of dink and dunk. Take your shots when they're there. But more importantly, get the ball into your guys' hands on the outside and let them work. Move the chains. Check down. Hit the running back. The running back, Williams, has been playing well for them. And I'm so happy he's back after that knee injury because he, to me, he was one of the premier running backs to keep an eye on. And he's playing at that level. So I just think from Brandon Staley to Sean Payton, big difference. One has changed and adjusted going forward, and the other has not. Yeah, and yesterday or last night, rather, we saw Russell Wilson. By the way, Russell Wilson has 19 touchdowns and four interceptions this year. And I'm not just spouting stats because we do more than that on right. the show. But the fact of the matter is that touchdown to interception ratio is the best in yeah. the NFL right now. The yeah. best. And so uh, suddenly Richard Sherman isn't, isn't you know, talking about Russell Wilson anymore, is he? Right. Um, I, I got to say this. What we saw last night when the Denver Broncos needed to have a drive to either win the game or we're going to go home unhappy and Ciara's going to be very unhappy. Um, it was like Russell Wilson maestro came out and it was, it was dink and dunk and this yes. and that, yeah. but I don't diminish that. No, that's, that's, that's playing quarterback, is it not? Absolutely, 100%. That, that is, look, you, quarterback is not about throwing it 70 yards every play. It's not about, you know, it's about a lot of other things, including buying yourself a little time, finding the guy. Oh, they're rushing. And four, when I have an extra, you know, protection at running back. Okay, Samaji Perrine. P. Ryan, uh, get out there and I'll throw you the ball. Oh, 17 yards. Okay, I'll take that. And then when you need it and you're under pressure and you've got no time to step into a throw, you flick the wrist and Cortland Sutton makes a play for you. Touchdown. You know, everybody goes home happy. Sierra, you know, happy at the end of the day. Uh, it, it's, it's great. It's great. And I think Russell Wilson last night, that was Russell Wilson at his best. I agree. Uh, and Russell, um, I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. Uh, get ready, everybody who, who hated on Russell and continues to hate on Russell. Yes, Broncos country. Uh, go ahead and make sure they say that on all the networks because everyone hated it and loved it. Oh, Broncos country, and they're terrible. And they're, everyone, and, but now they're competitive. And, you know, you have to look at it in a sense, especially in the West, uh, if they continue to get better and better and the Chargers continue to struggle, uh, Kansas City, obviously, they're, they're at the upper echelon of that, that uh, division. Uh, but they'll find themselves maybe right behind them because the Raiders aren't doing anything. Um, you know, they're, they're still trying to figure themselves out. Uh, but they hit a wall uh, this, this past weekend. So I, I expect to see good things happening. Uh, but make sure you tune in here at the Five Spot. We're going to give you nothing but straight fire, like die line, die line, die line. For those who don't know, uh, that would be uh, 
a show back in the past and making the band. Make sure you join for our next show and enjoy your holiday weekend. Smoked ham, glazed ham, smoked turkey, uh, chicken, greens, candy yams, because I got greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes. That's another song for you. Join us again here at the Five Spot.